Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Uh, Co-host, Christopher John O'Shea, back from a well-deserved vacation. Christopher, how are you? Uh, Doing great, sir. It's great to be back here in balmy uh, Maryland weather. Balmy Maryland weather. You were down there with grandkids enjoying Disney World. Yeah, and uh, and we brought the warm weather back, so it's good to be here. Yeah, it's uh, nothing better than having uh, grandkids between the ages of like uh, eight and fifteen to go to Disney World. So that was perfect. <laughs> you know, I'd have done. I would have done the same. I, I took my grandson there when he was ten, and we just had a great time. So it's a it's a great trip with uh, kids around that age. Anyway, we're here on an open show, Christopher. So tonight is an open show. That means our listeners are our guests. They get to determine the conversation tonight they get to say this is what i want to talk about and if you can help me answer this question uh this will prove to be the most beneficial to me so you get to make that decision and the best time to make that decision is now when there's no one else calling in at this moment and you get the most time to your call uh, because normally what happens is around 6.30, everybody gets the guts up to start calling, and the next thing you know, we have to run through five, six, seven calls. So now's the time to call in 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680, if you want to call in and direct the conversation. And there's no topic on personal finances that we can't uh, address. So if it deals with your money, it deals with personal finance, be it with uh, Social Security, Medicare, group life insurance, uh, company benefits, 401k plans, IRAs, Ross, Ross conversions, tax planning, estate planning, comprehensive plan. If it deals with your personal finances, we're here to help you answer that uh, question and give you some guidance. Uh, 410-922. 6680 is the way to call in and ask that question yep, if got, you'd like to call in. Yeah, and Stephen uh, is uh, the first one online, and he's looking to uh, have his uh, question answered. So let's go to Stephen. Stephen, hi. Welcome to the show. question is about Medicare. Um, okay. I'm going to – I'm turning 64. Next year I'll be 65. I know I have to sign up for it, but I'm still going to be working and on my uh, regular insurance. How so do you, you don't how do you navigate you don't Stephen you don't have to sign up for Medicare. That's a misnomer that everybody hears. They keep so when, telling me I'm going to get penalized if I don't. Well, who told you that? Somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Obviously, did the company tell you that? Uh, no. Some friend told you that, right? Yes. Yeah, and the friend doesn't know what they're talking about. So let me give you the scoop here. Do you work for a company that has more than twenty employees? Yes. Okay, so you can stay on your company group a medical plan, and you do not have to sign up for Medicare Part B. Okay, Medicare Part B is the one they're going to take out and make you pay for monthly. Okay, it's about $163 a month in 2023. 
and you do not have to sign up for that. Now, let's say you retire when you're 70 and now you're no longer on the group plan. You get what's called a special enrollment period into Medicare Part B. It's eight months from the day you retire. So if I, you retire exactly on your 70th birthday, you have eight months to sign up for Medicare Part B without being penalized as long as you sign or you have your company sign an L-564 that says, yes, Stephen was on our medical plan until this day. So well, I, I, I called you last week and, uh, you know, you recommended and I agree because of my health condition that I, I retire at 67. Okay. Well, when you retire at 67, you get a six, you get an eight month uh, special enrollment period. And if you're married, your spouse gets the same if, if they're also Medicare age. So, yeah, um, yeah she's on Medicare now. Yeah. So since she's already on Medicare, is she on Medicare Part B? Yeah. A B C D E F G H I D. But what is, isn't isn't she isn't she on your group plan? Isn't she isn't she on your group plan? It's so complicated. It is complicated. I'll tell you a funny story about that. I had a uh, client that was a former. I have a client that is a former IRS commissioner, tax attorney, of course, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was helping him through Medicare. Part A, B, and D, okay? And I was helping him get signed up for all this, right? And he finally looks at me and he goes, Drew, how does, how does the average senior figure this out without a guy like you helping him? And I go, well, you know, sir, there, there are free services with the county that you can go to and they'll help you, but it is ridiculously complicated. <laughs> He's like, he, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a stupid man. I'm, no, you're not. I'm educated. <laughs> I'm educated. I, I understand a lot of things, but... This whole thing, signing my wife up for Medicare, because she's four years older than me, uh, was so complicated. And well, is she I, on I, your medical plan, Stephen? Huh? Is she on your medical plan? No, no. I was stupid and, you know, okay. I thought she had to, you know. No, she would have been able to stay on. She would have been able to stay on your plan and had the same special enrollment period. Now, here, let me tell you a little trick here. Okay, you do have the right to go on Medicare Part A if you want to, uh, and that's sort of free because you've been paying that since you were a young lad and got your first job. That's what your Medicare taxes pay for. Medicare Part A pays for hospitals, so you can sign up for Medicare Part A without signing up for Medicare Part B, and it'll supplement if you ever go into the hospital for medical uh, purposes. Does that affect my uh, company insurance? No, 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 it's secondary to your company insurance. Okay. So, so I would suggest you do that. There's only one reason you wouldn't, and that's if you have a high deductible health plan with a health savings account, okay? That's the only reason you would not sign up for it. Otherwise, you absolutely do it. And right now, Stephen, I have to leave. i got to take a pause, but it was a great question, and I wish I could get that through to everyone. Thank you. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, 
So do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. I don't know if I can go back to talking, Chris. I'm doing too much grooving right now. <laughs> Anita wants to see that. <laughs> or maybe she doesn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, we have, we're, uh, here on an, uh, we're here on an open show, Christopher, and uh, we're uh, making our listeners our guests tonight, and they get to de- determine the direction of the conversation. I can't hear myself think here. <laughs> Um, they're going to determine the uh, direction of our conversation. And so if you want to get online and ask a question, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680. There are lines open. We do have one caller online. So that means that we still have plenty of lines open, 410-922-6680. Let's go to whoever. It's Washington, right? Washington, in Orlando. All Washington, right. thanks for calling. Yes, uh Good evening, Chris. Uh, good evening, Drew. Hey, Washington. How you doing? Okay. Uh, before I ask my question, uh, Anita is such a great uh, call screener. Uh, she's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, she is indeed. I, I, you know, she likes to tease me too much, though. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Washington, you're down in Florida now, I understand. Yes, I am. Oh, that's fantastic. You enjoying it? Oh, yes. Uh, it's still trying to get used to Florida winters. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in Florida, uh, and I can remember it being cold, uh, but still, uh, right now, cold uh, is relative, as well as also uh, the days when you get 80 degrees here compared to, I guess, uh, the 30s or 40s or 50s uh, in Maryland right about now. Right, yeah. Yeah, I I got used to it pretty quick. But <laughs> what's your question I can answer for you today? Uh, regarding uh, federal income taxes, uh, is it possible for somebody to file uh, income taxes in somebody's name uh, and try to get a refund even though they normally would uh, owe taxes? Well, it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it happens all the time. Uh, matter of fact, it's one of the biggest uh, criminal uh, uh, organized crime things uh, going right now is to file tax returns in somebody's name, ask for a refund, and see if the federal government is dumb enough to give it to them or to the state of Maryland or whoever. And, um, and you'd be amazed at how many billions and billions Billions of dollars have been sent out in fraudulent tax returns from the U.S. government and the state of Maryland. So let me explain how it works, okay? 
So let's say Drew is going to owe money on his taxes. He made $200,000. He had $25,000 withheld from federal taxes from his paycheck. But it wasn't enough for his actual uh, income and so forth, okay? But he did have $25,000 withheld. Some criminal person gets a tax return in before Drew files his real tax return, and he says... You know, hey guys, I uh, I made one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. He's making this stuff up, right? He says, and I had a bunch of withholdings, and um, I think I should get a refund of um, you know five thousand dollars. So he's gambling that you know that uh, the numbers are going to be somewhere in line and look real. And the the way that the government handled it, it was the computer would look at the return and say, okay, send it out to him. All right, because there's money in the account, send it out to them. All right, and then the federal government would do their compliance to say, no, 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 wait a minute, that wasn't his salary, those weren't his deductions, and so forth. So they were doing the compliance after they already sent the refund out, and and criminal organizations figured this out, and they started to submit these returns by the thousands, and. Uh, and the government really wasn't very good at, at uh, figuring this out. And when they finally did, um, you know, they're getting better. But for some reason, these criminal organizations still are able to get a few returns through every year that get uh, millions of dollars of refund. So anyway, it's an interesting game that's being played. And it's unfortunate that government uh, doesn't take care of the money that they bring in from taxpayers and uh, and handle it the way you know if that happened in my business within two weeks we would have every every resource possible to figure out how that would never happen again but you know in the federal government state of maryland they just they go on for years until they say oh, we're gonna have to figure out how to stop this <laughs> anyway okay thanks for calling washington Good call, Washington. Great question. You got another caller online, Chris? Uh, we do. We've got Joe in Virginia next. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Great. How are you? I'm a small business owner, and uh, we file under an S-Corp. And I know if you draw Social Security at 62 normally, that you're only allowed to make X amount of money. But because my paycheck is a draw, can I continue to make as much money as I want? Well, your W two, I mean, your your S corp earnings do not impact your um, your earnings for Social Security. Okay, that's a general statement. All right, that's not the full answer to your question. So let's say that your your W two from your S corp is eighteen thousand dollars a year, and let's say that your S corp earnings are a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. That hundred thousand doesn't impact the uh, the requirement that you can't make more than nineteen thousand dollars if you're under your full retirement age, right? That's what you're asking, okay? Correct? Okay. That's correct. But there's more to the equation than than just those facts because you now you control the S corporation, so. The Social Security Administration and the IRS can come in and say, wait a minute, Joe, 
you do a lot more than $18,000 a year of income of wages, services that you provide. So therefore, we're not going to treat you as if you only made 18000 a salary. We're going to increase your salary to $90,000 because that's more in line with what we believe your services that you render your company are worth. Now, will they do that? That depends on whether they ever pick your return up for audit or not. But if they do, that's a risk you will always run. Okay? And you always, that is one of their biggest and highest priorities of audit is S corporation owners who don't pay themselves enough salary to compensate for the services they actually render to the company. So just keep that in mind when you uh, do something like that. All right? All right. It's a great question. It's an excellent question. All right. Anybody else, Chris? Joe, right, great you. talking to you. We're going to go. We've got uh, several open phone lines, but we've got Bob in Timonium. So let's go to him. Hi, Bob. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, good evening, group. I have a quick question. Um, if uh, my wife and I are 70 and 72, still both working, she takes about, makes about 80, and I make about 130. And we both are taking full Social Security away until 70. So uh, we were talking to a friend of ours that works for uh, an accounting company, and he was saying, he thought that maybe when we look at our taxes, we should we have always filed jointly. Would we pay less taxes, or one of us pay less taxes than the other, if we filed uh, separately? It is it is theoretically possible, and we always do that test analysis when we do uh, a joint tax return with some fairly high equal earners in a family. So if I was doing your return, I have an analyzer in my program that says. What if I filed this separately? Would we make pay less taxes? And the analyzer is pretty good. So you, you should have something that can analyze that. I'm not saying it'll work, but it is something we would look at for incomes like you just mentioned. Married filing separate can work under certain circumstances. Now, I can, we haven't filed yet for last year, 2022. The people that laid, had the same for 40 years does our taxes, but... If I answer, uh, I mean, you got to hold on for me, Bob. I got to take a hard no, break don't, here. Drew, Drew, uh, no, Drew. Drew just said we can go to uh, twenty nine fifty. Wow. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> Finish. Okay. Okay. I'll make it real quick. I was just saying, uh, but I mean, I, I I can make that decision. She can look at it for last year, two thousand twenty two. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yep. You. We when, who, okay. Whoever does your tax return, Bob, if they're not doing this analysis on married filing separate then they're making a mistake because it has to be looked at and it's it's not it doesn't work a lot but there are a lot of times like in 2020 we must have filed half of our married couples working couples uh married filing separate because of that quirky uh stimulus check and everything you know it just yeah, worked out we, to we do that no exemptions and uh, we still we okay we need to go now drew now we need to take that break, Bob. <laughs> Bob, take we got to go. We will be back. Money versus your wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? 
It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. more of money riches and wealth on talk radio 680 wcbm and we're back money riches and wealth and uh um we're on an open show tonight 410-922-6680 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and be part of that open show and uh, bob had an interesting concept that he was talking about and that's when you have two uh, spouses who have uh, relatively good incomes, and should you be filing married, filing separate? And the answer is occasionally it can work, and there should be an analyzer on each uh, tax preparer's program that should look at the situation, at least give you an indication whether it's something that should be analyzed in more detail. Um, normally, yeah, especially uh, uh, in that case, state of Maryland. Yeah, and normally uh, this happens more frequently when you have a lot of itemized deductions that are right. uh, that are specifically to one specific spouse. Uh, you can really find that that can uh, come into play a lot more. So anyway, we're on an open show tonight. If you want to call in, 410-922-6680. Is there anyone online, Chris? There is not. And I was going to say also, in addition to that, you're talking about... Um, itemizing versus not itemizing as it relates to the state of Maryland and yeah, if you live in Maryland. Yeah, if you live in Maryland, um, it is critical that you look at uh, forcing itemization if your tax return comes back and says, nope, standard deduction is better than itemized deductions. Uh, in Maryland, if you go with the standard deduction and the federal return, you've got to go with the standard deduction on the state return. And that is an incredible injustice to Maryland residents because Maryland standard deduction for a single person is like $2,500. And for a federal single person, it's like $14,000. And for a married couple, it's like $25,000 plus dollars. And for the state of Maryland, it's only $4,500. So it's like ridiculous. It's, uh, and, uh, you know, I can't go into all the details of it, but forcing itemization, you make more money by paying the Fed a little, little extra money and then getting those uh, people down in Annapolis who don't care about you at all. They just want to figure <laughs> out how to tax you all the more. And this new governor, I mean, I don't know what he's thinking about. He's already got people leaving the state like there's no tomorrow. And he's got a whole litany of new taxes he wants to get into uh, place. And, you know, it's just it's just absurd. I mean, I have no idea what these guys are thinking about. Yep, I'm anyway. with you. I'm with you. So we have several open phone lines, uh, 410-922-6680, but we have Jonathan in Columbia 
and we're going to find out what he wants to talk about. Hi, Jonathan. Hi there, uh, sir. Enjoy your show. Good. Thank yeah. you. What can we do for you? Well, I was listening to a caller earlier, and uh, the subject of somebody filing a tax return fraudulently came up and how they can uh, steal money from your refund. And I was wondering, what, what is it that people can do to try to pre- prevent well, that? Well, let, let, me, let me clarify what I said. They're okay. stealing money from the federal government, not from no, your refund. Right, right. Okay, so the federal government still owes me my complete refund if i have a refund they still owe the complete thing to me it's their problem that they allowed somebody to take five thousand or ten thousand or whatever dollars that does not affect me in my tax return i just the the problem here's the problem jonathan is that when there is a fraudulent return filed in your name okay you now are the you know kind of acted you're, you're kind of treated like the criminal now you have to go in now and prove to the irs that you are the real jonathan will the real jonathan stand up and that's what the irs makes you do they make you stand up and prove that you are the real jonathan and when you do and it takes a while to do that then they'll accept your return and then they'll process it, and maybe six months or so later, if you do a refund, you'll get the refund. So one of the things I've been recommending to our clients is there's now a thing called an ID PIN, IRS ID PIN, okay? So you can go in and get an ID PIN number, and you put it on your tax return, and if it if a Drew Tignanelli tax return comes in without my ID PIN on it, the IRS says, this is not Drew Tignanelli, boom, this is a fraudulent return, and they reject a return. Now, whoever sent it in, if it was me, and I forgot to put my ID PIN down, I have to go back and resubmit it with my ID PIN for them to accept it. I suggest everyone listening go get themselves an IRS ID PIN, and make sure they, from now on, never file a return without a new PIN number every year. We used to say, just file early, because that's what happens. They get in there first, they file, and now you come in after the fact, and now you have to file a paper return. But this this increases the probability of preventing that. Yeah, it, it eliminates the ability of somebody filing a fraudulent return. Yeah. Right, Jonathan? Right. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you. All right. But, but, uh, now, uh, do you, is it uh, clear how you get an ID pen from the IRS website? Yeah, just or? go go on to, just do a Google search, IRS ID pin, and it's the first thing that comes up. And you got to go through a process. you got to go through the IRS ID me, and it's this goofy process. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say it's goofy. It's their process. you got to take uh, your, your uh, a photo of your face, and they... You know, and you run the, the your camera over your face, and then you send it, and you click it, and send it back to them. And then they, you got to take a picture of your Maryland driver's license, and you got to text it to them, and then they match it all up. Or you have to do a live video with a IRS agent. So it's it's a bit of a process, but it's it's worth it. Do it once, get it over with, get an ID pin, and call it a day. And then All right. That pin, right? <laughs> yes, and well, you only need it's once a year. You get a new pin every single oh, I, year. Yep. I got gotcha. you. All right, buddy. All Great right, call. So Great question. Yeah. Yep. Great. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, we're back to all open phone lines. 
Oh, open phone lines. Wow. We're on a uh, open show tonight, 410-922-6680. All open phone lines. You want to call in and and uh, ask a question. Um, and, uh, you know, what's a topic that we can talk about? This morning I talked to Sean, and I was telling Sean how incredibly inaccurate most financial articles are. And they're either I, they're either blatantly wrong, and I've seen that too many times. Too many times I've read articles that are blatantly wrong, or there's information in there that's correct, but the author is giving you it in a way that is mis is leading you down a path that's ridiculous. I'll give you a great example of that. Um, there was this one author writing an article about the five-year rule in Roth IRAs. Beware of the five-year rule in Roth IRAs. And I'm reading this article and I'm thinking, yeah, there is a five-year rule in Roth IRAs, but if you understand the five-year rule and how Roths operate, there's nothing to beware of. There's right. absolutely nothing to beware of. And it was the most ridiculous article. It was actually discouraging people from doing Roth IRAs, and you should be doing the exact opposite. Everyone, I wrote an article, everyone needs a Roth strategy. What is a Roth IRA? It's money that grows completely tax-free. When I take money out of my Roth IRA, it has no impact on my tax return at all. Everyone, everyone listening to this radio uh, show tonight should heed my, uh, my words, and that is get a Roth strategy how to get more and more and more of your money into tax-free Roth accounts, period. End of the story. And uh, yeah, especially anybody if, who, Especially if you understand the compound's effect of money. The compound effect of money, but the, the way that the tax returns work nowadays. There's a crazy thing in tax returns nowadays called cliff vesting. You know what cliff vesting is? Cliff vesting is when you go $1 over a certain amount, all of a sudden bad things start happening. And I could go through a whole litany of stupid $1 extra income that could cause 2000 3000 of extra taxation on your tax return. Matter of fact, I just had an associate of mine. He uh, did his tax return. He did a uh, $1,200 IRA contribution, and he saved $900 of income taxes with a $1,200 IRA contribution because of cliff vesting. It's just ridiculous the way the laws work. Anyway, Chris, we're on an open show. We've got to go for the last pause of the show, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680, if you want to call in and get in. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. 
That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. All right, we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth, and uh, and Anita's keeping us grooving here, you know? Exactly. I don't even it's know that people, it's even people use that word anymore, grooving. There you go. Is it a word still, Chris? Well, everything else is a word nowadays. If I hear more time, I watch these sporting events, and I hear more words made up on the spot, and now they ah, keep using yeah. them enough and they're going to make their way into Webster's. We've got Scott in Westminster, so let's start with him. Scott? Hey, Scott, welcome hey. to the show. Thank you. Um, you know, I, you're talking about these threshold numbers, and often folks aren't aware of what those are. And, and, and you know, the government says they want you to be successful, but not too successful because then you become the man. And it's almost like you, you work extra jobs, uh, but you need to stay under a certain threshold. Otherwise, you wind up paying more of a percentage of what you make, uh, and and maybe even wind up paying more, and you're, you're almost it's almost a disincentive for meritocracy. I was uh, 20 years active duty army and worked in also private practice on the side as a veterinarian and started a practice with some friends about seven years ago. And I I like the Roth, uh, you know, method that you're talking about, but. Uh, you, you have to stay under a certain threshold to put it in a Roth, uh, even even as a marriage. Well, no, uh, no, there, no. There are you, some ways. Wait a minute, some, Scott. Yeah. Or, you know, Scott, hold on a sec. So Roth contributions to a Roth IRA are subject to income limitations. Yes. But your business, your employer pension plan, your 401ks and so forth can have a Roth feature in them. Correct that have no income limitations whatsoever. No, I, I was going to get to that. So, you know, as, as far as doing regular Roth IRAs, I put it in traditional, and there's ways to roll it over into a Roth. Well, we do that all the time. Yeah, and then, but, you know, then with the military, too, I, I kind of did half and half with the, the thrift savings plan, with a Roth and a regular, and now with my plan with a hospital, we have a simple IRA, and I think there's some benefit to that, too, because especially in your highest uh, Well, I have good years, news for you, Scott. It lowers your Scott, gross income for that. Scott, here, hold on a sec. Scott, I have some good news for you, and that is under the Secure Act 2.0, simple IRAs can now have Roth components to them also. Right, and, and we're looking into that as well, but I think... It's still good to have some yeah, of your wealth, particularly if you're if you're right on the cusp. You, we do that thing. all the time, yeah. Scott. We're always looking at our clients, saying, "No, you can't do Roth because you're in these boogeyman territory, and you're going right. to have to do traditional because that's going to drop you below these numbers. Whether it's the American Opportunity Credit or it's the Maryland." Maryland yeah. exemption or the Maryland retirement credit or it's the Medicare Part B or whatever stupid concept is out there. <laughs> but do you have a quick thank question? Because Chris, verif thank yes. you for verifying that what I'm doing is, is a you, sound principle because that's essentially what I've been doing is between watching those numbers. And people between the income, if you're single, between the incomes of 75000 and 200000 you've got to beware. 
and if you're married between the incomes of about a hundred thousand and two fifty you've got to be very careful and then there's some other breakpoints up in that four hundred thousand category that you have to be very careful of but those are the, those are the boogeyman areas in my opinion Chris what do you have anybody else online <laughs> thank you Scott good question excellent point okay yeah we've got uh, Kate in Baltimore welcome to the show Hi, how you doing? Great, how are you? Pretty good. I had a tax question. Yeah. Yeah, so I got my father-in-law and mother-in-law. Uh, they moved out, and I had a condo, and they moved to the condo. Would I be able to claim them, even though I'm still paying for the condo, or because they can't afford it? or Do they, uh, do they have income? No, not at all. All they get is Social Security. Correct. And no other income of any sort other than Social Security. Is that correct? Correct. So as long as they don't file an income tax return, you would be able to deduct them as long as you are putting out uh, a portion of their, uh, half of their support overall. So in other words, if they're living in your condo that you own and paying all the expenses on, absolutely you'd be able to take them they're only going to get you a thousand dollars five hundred apiece as an exemption that's all they're going to get for you there are some other potential things you could do you could also claim any of their medical expenses on your tax return if you itemize but those are about the only things you'll get from that but it's something we do all the time oh, okay well thank you so much i appreciate it yeah, great. Good question. But yeah. the, the key to his question, Chris, was do they make an income? If they make 4500 of taxable income, that doesn't include Social Security because Social Security is not taxable income. <clears throat> but if they make $4,500 of taxable income, like a withdrawal from an IRA or a pension, you know, maybe they work for the state of Maryland or the federal government, they get a little $5,000 a year pension, then you can't take them as a deduction. Um, but uh, if if not, you can, and uh, and sounds like in his situation he can. He pick up some money there. Or anybody else online, Chris? Not currently, no. Not currently. So we're on an open show tonight. We only have about five minutes left. So you know we probably could handle one caller if you got one out there. Four one zero nine two two six six eighty. You want to call in and ask a question on? But it is that tax time of year. I I did uh, my first two individual tax returns today. I, I just review them, um, you know, but uh, I did my first two individual, I've done a few corporations and, and partnerships already. Um, but, you know, we're, my job is to look at them, figure out how we can lower the taxes, not only this tax return, but how do we get prepared for 2023 to lower them? Because in my opinion, nothing makes me happier than to lower people's income tax uh, liabilities because I believe the tax system, like Scott and I were just talking about a little bit ago, tax systems are totally, completely unfair. They are absolutely off the charts, complex, more complex than they should ever be. They're completely unfair to all kinds of people. You know, it's, how absurd is it that somebody can put a thousand dollars uh, or make a thousand dollars too much and end up owing three thousand more dollars in taxes. Uh, you know, you can't even get your head around that. That just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But this is the kind of garbage they're 
they're pumping out there and they you know the average taxpayer just lives with it because they whoa whoa what can i do you know well you could get rid of these bums that keep you know putting this stuff in the tax laws and maryland seems to be going hog wild with this kind of stuff and um you know it's just absurd it's just absurd and i just delight in figuring out how to lower taxes people legally of course you got to do it legally if you don't do it legally it's not worth doing you know if you're just mad and you're going to cheat for it that that's that's ridiculous you're just going to hurt yourself even worse but you know if you could figure out the legal ways that this system can work for you then you're talking you know stuff that really brings joy to me Anyway, we're on an open show, Chris. Anybody else calling in? Well, actually, real quickly, they have. So let's go to Claude real fast in Arbutus. Claude, hi. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Is, hi. So you're, you're saying, is Social Security disability taxable? Social Security disability can be taxable if you have other income. Do you have other income? Well, yeah, but I don't have to make that much anyway, though, with the other income. Well, Are you single or married? No, I'm single. You're single, so your other income over, um, let me think, it'd probably be about, let's say, $15,000, $20,000? I'm not sure on that. I don't think so. If, if not, then your Social Security disability is likely to be fully tax-free. Yes, yeah, so earlier he was talking in a situation where they didn't have any other income. If all they had was Social Security income, then it wouldn't be taxable. That is correct. Right. And that and that can be. I I know some people who have only social security income and they have about thirty five, forty thousand dollars of taxable social security income because they have so much social security between the two of them that is taxable. Um that's a that's a long story, but yeah, uh, you just have to take that for you know, but the average person is making twenty, twenty five thousand dollars in social security and that's about it. Chances are they're not paying any taxes and it's uh, tax free to them. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't be taxable anyway. Yeah, I hear it, you. it. It should not be. Let's put it this way: it should not be taxable unless you're making well over seventy or eighty thousand dollars. You see, Alan Greenspan set the law for taxation of Social Security, and uh, and when he set that, it was 1982. And the law that he set for people that had to pay tax on Social Security was set in 1982 dollars okay and they haven't changed since the equivalent people who would be tax-free today as opposed to back then would be about 75,000 single and 85,000 married that's ridiculous that they've allowed Social Security to become taxable to the average individual anyway we're finished for the night Chris we Uh, are so Odell if you hang on I can try to take your call off the air take care thank you good call Claude and yeah, we have uh, Odell was on the line, so Odell, hang on, and we'll try to get you off the air if you want to hang on for a little while. Anyway, that's the end of uh, Money, Riches, and Wealth tonight, Chris. Always fun being with you. Yes, sir. And it, uh, we'll be doing a lot of taxes over the next few weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Started yesterday. We're all in it. <laughs> we're all in it. This is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless. Things are gonna be much better